Welcome to the IEEE Digital Reality Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. In this podcast series, we'll be talking with industry leaders in virtual reality, augmented reality, human augmentation, and smart robots, keeping you at the forefront of advancements in these ever-growing technologies. In our first episode, we'll meet Connor Rusimano, Director of Advanced Interfaces at Meta and co-founder and CEO of OpenBCI. Connor's interests lie at the intersection of augmented reality, brain-computer interfacing, and artificial intelligence, as you will hear in this episode. We sat down with Connor at the Augmented World Expo after his panel on immersive experiences, applications, and non-technical impacts to discuss his views on the future of AR and VR, what he sees as some of the key challenges and opportunities that are driving the industry forward, and what he expects to learn at the upcoming 2018 IEEE Technology Time Machine happening in October. First, I want to thank Kathy and the IEEE for, for bringing me here. Um, it's been great. And, uh, it was a really exciting panel, and I think we talked a lot of, about a lot of really juicy stuff. To give you a little background, I uh, started my career at Columbia where I was working uh, in engineering but also computer graphics. Uh, after finishing undergrad I went to uh, Parsons which is a, a new school for design um, and, and while I was there I studied for two years I studied design and technology where I focused on um, do-it-yourself brain-computer interface systems as well as creative coding and uh, intro to electronics uh, basically electronics prototyping. So now fast forward five years uh, over the course of the last five years I co-founded and developed a company called OpenBCI, and OpenBCI stands for Open Source Brain Computer Interface. But what we do is uh, we essentially sell a platform, uh, an open source platform to students, researchers, developers, companies, uh, you name it, um, that is able to measure electrical activity from the body and uh, send it uh, to a computer for a very low cost. Over the last five years, that has led to uh, a bit of a wildfire of uh, neurotechnologies and projects that are integrating uh, biosensors and specifically brain-computer interfacing uh, into ideas and products that you know have never in, even considered uh, you know listening to or trying to understand human co- human cognition in the context of something um, and so about a year ago I joined Meta which is an augmented reality company uh, and we are focused on really reinventing the paradigm of computation and moving uh, the world from 2D computation to 3D computation. Efficiency, for one, I think that humans are always trying to find the path, and, you know, not just humans, just organisms are always trying the, to find the path of least resistance from you know, where they are to where they want to be. Um, and I think that you know, tools and technology have always been the you know whether whether it's a stone or a pair of glasses or a, you know a shovel it doesn't matter we've always designed things to make the path of least resistance less resistant um, and so I think that AR is uh, in a way kind of the penultimate tool it's it's the it's the final frontier where we kind of reduce the latency between our brains and the power of computers to as small as possible. You know, uh, we want a really, really low, little, low latency between, between computers and our minds. Um, but at the same time, we also want to protect our minds uh, from uh, infiltration, from, from, from biases and, so- and, and influences that are that maybe pulling us away from where we actually want to be. Um, so I think you know there is a huge opportunity for AR to reinvent 
the way that we communicate with each other and the internet and uh, you know the, the wealth of human knowledge that uh, we've collected over thousands of years. Um, but at the same time, I also think it's it's maybe the greatest existential threat to our species, uh, which is the you know the ability for for tools like the smartphone or like you know this future AR interface to hijack human consciousness. Um, you know, and that's why you know during the panel, the, the main point and the main thesis I'm trying to make is that we really need to think carefully about what we're building now and learn from. Uh, you know, ethical pitfalls that we've, we've come across in the past, like Cambridge Analytica with Facebook, um, you know, or, um, you know, other privacy and security issues where, uh, you know, people are not properly informed as to what, you know, what companies are doing with the data that they're giving in. And also, you know, another thing to consider beyond just data and privacy is, uh, is the uh, social stratification. You know, if, if these tools really are as powerful as we think they're going to be, um, you know, uh, how are we going to make sure that everyone has access to the technology? So that's, you know, I think the, the two biggest concerns I have with, you know, I say this all, you know, very optimistic about the future and also like, you know, building these things. So like I'm very excited about the tech and what, it, what it's capable of, but I also am very, very scared uh, of what, what it's capable of also. Um, so to get back to your question, um, Yes, I think that AR, uh, you know, that headsets or head-mounted computers are going to replace 2D screens, maybe not in every context, but in many contexts in the next 10 years. Um, and when we get to that point, um, you know, there, there will be a lot of core technologies that are embedded, such as eye tracking, different types of biosensing, things like this, uh, but they will all be part of a bigger tool. Um, and the tool will be, you know, what we now, or, or at that point, refer to as a computer. What really keeps me up at night is uh, when people like Elon Musk say that AI is the greatest existential threat to humanity. Um, because I think people like AI, people like Elon Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg and, and CEOs of the world, uh, people listen to them. Um, and so when, when they say really, really big things and make ethical claims um, uh, that maybe aren't addressing the entire picture or are uh, biased in a certain way because they're representing companies that have corporate interests. I think that uh, that to me is a much greater threat. Uh, actually, let's, let's back it up a second. To me, um, what humans will do with artificial intelligence is a much greater existential threat to me than artificial intelligence itself. Um, and, and, and I think that people don't you know, people are scared of this, like, you know, this, this theoretical robot, this Terminator con construct of, you know, the humanoid robot turning on machines. But I don't think it's going to be facilitated by robots if it happens. It's going to be facilitated by, you know, it's going to be facilitated by the people who understand the AI and are um, productizing it and putting it into things that we don't, uh, you know, that are where it's passively integrated into something and we may not even know it's there. Um, and so what really keeps me up at night is that, is, is the, the fear that uh, we are being misguided from an ethical perspective uh, by our entrepreneurial leaders. Hopefully I'm still talking about fa uh, Facebook and Cambridge Analytica because hopefully something more pressing doesn't happen between now and then. Um, but I, I definitely, you know, at, at this point, the, uh, you know, my... Uh, 
what I strive or, or as an entrepreneur and a creator, what I'm trying to work towards is um, designing around all the pitfalls I've already addressed. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that the government is necessarily going to solve this problem for us. I don't think that they have the, the agility or uh, um, incentives to protect uh, the c civilians from uh, the perils of uh, improperly utilized artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and so I think that the best way to solve those problems is for entrepreneurs and innovators to, with a design mindset, and not just an engineering mindset, but with a design mindset where you're thinking about the big picture and not just what you're building, but thinking about why you're building it. Um, starting new companies and initiatives and nonprofits and uh, you know academic groups that are uh, aware of these ethical issues and um, and embedding them into the design constraints of the company and the values of the companies and the visions of the companies because I think that uh, a lot of the major corporations at this point have crossed the event horizon and are no longer able to uh, satisfy the profit-driven needs of the company while also addressing uh, the ethical needs of the civilians and the, and, and the world's population. So, you know, the, the greatest chance we have of fixing this before, of fixing this problem before it happens is with grassroots innovators, entrepreneurs who are solving the problem uh, because, you know, solving, addressing the problem wholeheartedly because uh, the incentives are there. Thank you for listening to our interview with Connor Rusamano. Discover more about the IEEE Digital Reality Initiative by visiting our web portal at digitalreality.ieee.org.